Hello and welcome to another episode of Executive Talk. My name is Maurice Washington. I want to welcome all our guests that are here live in our studio audience, those that are watching live right now and also that are watching the show later on. Today we're going to talk about a topic that no matter if you just started your own business today, no matter if you've been in business for 20 years, this is one function that you have to do every single year and that's file taxes. So today, in order to really discuss this particular topic, we invited Darcy Woodham with Woodham Accounting Services to the stage to talk to us a little bit further about this topic. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Darcy Woodham to the stage. How are you doing, Darcy? I'm fabulous, Maurice. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here. So again, it's that time of the year again, which is taxes. Business owners had mixed feelings regarding them. I'm sure you know what those feelings are. I know you have your particular feelings. I actually like taxes. You actually like taxes. <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> so. You know, one thing that we um, run into when I'm out there in the marketplace is business owners have a lot of questions mm -hmm. because taxes it encompasses a lot. And one of those main questions that business owners have all the time on a consistent basis is entity structure. Mm -hmm. So when you register your business through the state of Colorado, obviously you have to register your business and you have four different, four different entity types that you have to register, or register under, which is either a, a sole prop, LLC, S Corp, and also a C Corp. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so for our studio audience, for those that are watching, please actually take us down the journey of what is an LLC? What is the definition of an LLC? An LLC is a limited liability company, and that usually starts out as a sole proprietor, okay. and as your business grows, you can become an S Corp or even a C Corp, but most people start as a sole proprietor. Okay, all right. So what type of business do you, ha do you see being registered as an LLC? Small businesses, new businesses, okay. um, people who have, they're, they're only owned by one person. Okay. They're not making a lot of money yet. Okay. <coughs> um, yeah, and the whole reason to become a limited liability corp company rather than just a sole proprietor okay. is the limited liability company is supposed to protect your personal assets okay. in case something goes wrong or you get sued or whatever. The problem is that the moment you commingle your funds, okay. you kind of lose that limited liability insurance. Gotcha. So as a business owner, when you register your business, then you go to the bank to you know, have a business bank account. That's why mm -hmm. they say have a business bank account and also your personal account, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So take us down, a, I'm gonna throw down a scenario for you and see what the answer is. Okay. So. I'm a business, I've been in business for two years. And just, mm -hmm. I registered my business. First year I didn't make a lot of money like you were saying. So then the second year, I'm still under that same LLC. And lo and behold, I made $100,000 gross revenues that year. Now, with that being said, as a being registered as an LLC, what are the tax implications on that $100,000? Um, well, $100,000 after expenses, you would, you would have to pay Social Security and Medicare on the entire $100,000, okay. which adds up to about $15,300. Gotcha. All right. So another term that's that you hear out here in the marketplace quite often is actually fairly new, which is an S-Corp. Mm -hmm. um, what is the definition of an S-Corp, first, first and foremost? An S-Corp is a small corporation. Okay. Usually one or two owners. It can have up to 100 owners. Um, and you would you you pay yourself. Okay. You pay the people that are working for you, and 
so you take that hundred thousand dollars that you made on your sole proprietor okay and you would pay yourself probably about fifty thousand okay. of that so that would bring your tax liability your Social Security and Medicare tax liability down to about seven thousand six hundred and fifty so you're saving over seven thousand mm, dollars that's a big deal that yeah. is absolutely a big deal okay so if I'm registered as an S Corp and or let's say I'm registered as an LLC first and foremost and let's say I hear, oh my goodness, I can change my business to an S-Corp and save, save, save all my taxes. Now, when can I do that? Can I do that right now and have it um, retro for 2015 taxes, or what does that look like? No, you can do it right now, and you can go back 30 days. Now, okay. you can ask the IRS to take you back further, but they don't have to say yes. Okay. And in my experience, they don't usually say yes, but... They might. It. it doesn't hurt to try, but 30 days, you can go 30 days. Got it. Okay. So this is another scenario. You're talking about that business owner paying themselves somewhere around about $50,000 mm -hmm. on that $100,000. Now, I know there's some business owners out there who pay themselves, I don't know, twenty to $25,000 and then claim the rest on, you know, tax deductions and business expenses, et cetera. Am I, is that business owner opening themselves up for a li liable issue right there? The IRS expects you to pay you the same as you would pay somebody else. Okay. So if you're making $100,000 and you're paying yourself $17,000, which is, would be minimum wage, um, they're going to look at that and say, that's not, r something's wrong. Got it. Okay. So, you know, you're usually safe going about 50%. Okay, got it. All right, and this is another entity structure that you don't really find this structure <coughs> out there for small, medium-sized companies, but there are some movements that business owners can make that would make this a viable decision, which is a C-Corp. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, what is the definition of a C-Corp? Well, C-Corp is just a large corporation. You, you would become a C-Corp if you wanted to be publicly traded, if you had 100 or more stockholders, uh, the thing with a C-Corp is C-Corps, unlike S-Corps, are taxed on the entity. Okay. S-Corp is a flow-through, so it's taxed on your personal taxes. But a C-Corp, and that's where people start thinking double taxation, because they're taxing the corporation, but they're also taxing the stockholder. Got it. Okay. And so the business owners that you would see that are registered as a C-Corp right now are typically publicly traded. They probably have over 100... They have investors, they have over way, well over 100 employees. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's your Walmarts, that's your Home Depots, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, so now this is one of those things that um, business owners, you know, when you, back in the day when you opened up a business, the first thing you would do is go find a brick and mortar location, and that would represent that you have an actual viable business. Now, a lot of business owners over time have, have options now. You can do a home-based business, you can have a brick and mortar also, or you can have both. So obviously there's some new tax implications that again, as business owners, we are unaware of. So let's talk about the home-based business first and foremost. So as a home-based business, how is mileage calculated when you have a home-based business? When you have a home-based business and your business is based out of your home, you can start your mileage from your home office. You can okay. always start your mileage from your office if you're going out to see clients or to appointments or things. So from your home-based business, you can 
track mileage the minute <laughs> you leave the house is pretty awesome yeah it is a good deal so i'm going to go ahead and throw another scenario at you i'm a home-based business and one of my first business trips is going to starbucks i'm sure everybody has one of those business <laughs> trips with them so you go to starbucks you order your coffee and the reason why it's a business trip is because every single time I go to Starbucks, I leave three business cards on the bulletin board, which is a smart decision on my part. I've been productive and I'm doing business. So tell me if that's a tax write-off. Sounds good, but the IRS is gonna say no go. If, now, okay. if you have an appointment, you're, you're meeting somebody at Starbucks okay. and you have appointments set up in your books, then you can t you can count that. Okay. But just going to Starbucks and leaving a couple of cards just doesn't 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 cut the mustard. So that's not marketing. No. no. Okay. And <laughs> it's the same going to the bank every day or going to the post office every day because those are regular trips. Okay. Now if you're just going once a week or whatever, then you know you can. Got it. But not a daily thing. Not a daily thing. All right. And not to Starbucks. <laughs> so what are the tax benefits of having a home-based business then? There are a lot of tax, tax benefits to having a home-based business. Now you can have a home-based business without an office, Okay. without a, a home office, but if you have a home office you get a lot of stuff because you can take off a por portion of your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, trash hauling, HOA, repairs, snow removal, house cleaning, just Everything. Plus, Everything. you get to walk to work in your pajamas <laughs> <laughs> in the snowstorm. That is a good option. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you want to use you want to be using your office every day. Okay. Uh, at least forty-five minutes a day, four or five days a week. If you're just using your office on Saturdays, then the IRS is going to say no. You don't need an office for that. Got it. Okay. Okay. So what are the tax rules when you have a home office? Because the first thing that goes to my mind is if I choose to have a home-based office, that means I need to have an office or a space dedicated, which is typically your guest room. Specifically, that's you know set up as an office. So that way it's considered as a home office. Is that correct or am I missing something? Partially here? correct. Okay. If you have to have a dedicated space for your office that doesn't have to be walls, it just makes it a little more convenient. What it can't have it can't have a TV or a bed or not even a Murphy bed. <laughs> uh, it can't have, you know, a couch or it can't have anything personal in there. Okay. It has to be just for your work. Okay. And I think it would probably make, probably make good sense to, in order to confirm that, because obviously the IRS is always looking for a confirmation. Mm -hmm. You probably have to take, do you have to take photos or anything? Yeah. I tell my clients, Set your home office up perfect. Okay. Nothing personal in there. Take lots of pictures and put them in your permanent file. So if you are audited, you can show the auditor these are the pictures of your office. They can, they can come to your office. I don't, I've never heard of them doing that, but they absolutely can come and check it out. So that's why you just take photos so they don't even have to come over. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So then let's talk about brick and mortar because, um, again, there are some business owners that still have a brick and mortar location, which is totally viable. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how is mileage calculated when I have a brick and mortar? Obviously, I, I'm assuming that when I leave my home and I go to my brick and mortar, that means that's a tax write off. That's a mileage. No. Right? No. It's just like going to a job. <laughs> 
Man. You drive to your job, okay. and then any appointments or meetings that you drive to after that, those, those would be tax deductible. But going yeah. from your home to your office okay. is not. The mileage always starts at the office so or at your first appointment. Okay. Okay, next question. I'm a business owner. I have a brick and mortar, and also I have a home-based business office. With, a, with both, my mindset says, you know what, I want to be productive, I want to be flexible. If I leave the office, my brick and mortar office at two o'clock in the afternoon, that means I can go home and finish up the rest of my work. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm gonna get, I can build right off both my home base office and also my brick and mortar, is that correct? There are rules. There's always rules. There's always rules. IRS <laughs> has lots of rules. <laughs> But <coughs> the rules would be if you're doing, if you're just using your office okay. to see clients. You know, I know a lot of realtors, they just use their office to see clients. Okay. And then you're using your home office to do your work because, of course, the majority of your work is actually without the client in front of you. Right. Or if, like a massage therapist, you're doing massage at your office and then you're also doing massage in your home-based office then you could take both okay as long as you're using it on a regular basis that means at least four days a week for at least 45 minutes a day I got you and you obviously you have to be able to prove that yes the case, right? yes your best friend keep everything write it down keep track yeah, yeah. okay so within this conversation talking about home-based business and brick-and-mortar uh, viable topic that we kept on mentioning was mileage. Mm. Now, I'm sure there's business owners out there that think keeping mileage is tedious. Would you guys agree? Yes. <laughs> Typically, when we're going up, when we're going to our appointments, what we're thinking about is no appointment, making sure Siri is talking to us and making sure we're going the right way, and we're worried about traffic. We're worried about other things versus mileage. Mm -hmm. Now tell us the effects on that. So what has been the mileage, over, mileage rate over the past three years? Well, it changes every year and sometimes it changes in the middle of the year. Okay. But uh, for 2014, it was 56 cents a mile. Okay. For 15, <coughs> it was <coughs> 57 and a half cents a mile. This year it's gone down because the price of gas has gone down to 54 cents a mile. But if you're not keeping track of your mileage, I want you to go to the bank, get your big stack of $1 bills, mm. and every two miles throw one of those $1 bills out the window because that's exactly what you're doing. Now that said, mileage is the number one audited business deduction. Mm. So you do have to keep careful records. That means you need to know where you went, who you talked to, what you talked about, what you were doing on that business trip. and. You know, you can write that down on a clipboard or a, a notebook every single time you leave, leave your office or your house. Or you can use an app for your phone. I happen to like uh, TaxBot because they give you a printout at the end of the, end of the year. They ask all the right questions, so it's, it's audit proof. And you can also use it to take pictures of re your receipts before they fade because receipts tend to fade. Yes, that makes sense. So then, uh, here's the point. Here's something that's happened over the since. So since January, you know, when January started, we're at gas prices around about a dollar thirty-nine, a dollar forty. 
everybody was very excited at that time, I'm assuming, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and answer for everybody. But now we're starting to see gra uh, gas prices start to creep up again. We're starting to see $1.79, $1.89, dollars at this particular time. So I'm assuming in the summertime, we're probably back to the $2, $2.15 range. Now, since, uh, since Congress will make those adjustments, when do we get, do we get adjustments? So if it changes to 57 cents all of a sudden, do we get adjustments all the way from there or how does no. that work? You would, you would keep the current tax rate, which is 54 cents a mile. Okay. You would keep that up until the time of the conversion. Okay. And then, you know, from the conversion forward. Mm -hmm. And that is why you have to keep really good records. You need to know, you need to be writing it down. It Got needs it. to be, be recorded immediately. Okay. And the IRS really expects you to record it within 24 hours. Got it. All right. So no longer can it be a tedious task. We, we, t a task. we must do it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is a necessity. <laughs> and within that conversation of mileage, one word that daunts every business owner nobody wants to experience is the audit mm, okay. yeah the dreaded mm -hmm. audit the dreaded audit absolutely so within audit how can you audit proof your business and one thing you said is mileage is one of the first things the irs comes after yes you're you know keeping track of everything your date book is your best friend and your auditor that's the first thing your auditor is going to ask for they want to see your date book they want to see that you're actually keeping track of things and that you're you're actually working especially a home-based business yeah, right they want to know that you're actually you're actually working now a lot of people now now that we have a iphone we have an android mm -hmm. we have all these electronics in order to keep our dates and keep our you know keep our appointments straight a lot of business owners end up erasing those weeks that way is no longer there mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter that week is gone Good or yeah, bad that, decision. that's a huge mistake. You need to keep track of it at the end of every quarter or every year or whatever. Print that out and put it in your in your permanent file. Okay. Don't erase because the auditor is going to want to see it. They mm -hmm. want to see that you were actually working. Got it. All right. So obviously keep up on your records. And one of the things uh, within IRS, and I think this is a this is where I may be misinformed, okay? okay? How many years does the IRS have to follow up on the audit? Hmm. Do they have only, because what I heard is that they only have, what, six years to follow up on the audit. Is that correct? They say they have three years from the time you file, not the time it was due. From the time you file, they have three years to look at your records. If they find any errors or think there might be errors, they have six years. If there are significant errors or they think fraud, they can, they can go back forever. So I mm. tell people, keep your stuff at least six to 10 years. Right. Don't be throwing it away early. Got it. Okay, so with, so the, obviously they have <coughs> some level of fairness within this because they have that many years to go back and track all your texts. Obviously we have the same amount of years to go back and file for a refund. So let's say I missed 2010. Uh, I forgot to file my 2010 taxes. And then so I finally file them and I noticed that I've earned, um, I've got $2,000 coming back to me. Should you just gave your $2,000 to the IRS. So I should leave the mailbox alone for the next three weeks because nothing is coming to it's me. It's not coming to you. No, you have three years from the time it was due, okay. which is April 15th. 
So if you didn't file your 2013s yet, you have until April 15th to file them. I wouldn't wait. Go ahead and file them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you said the IRS is fair. <laughs> <laughs> with the IRS, unlike the rest of the United States Constitution, with the IRS, you are guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. And it is hard to prove yourself innocent, which is the reason you need to keep really good records. If you're running a business, you need to... I know that you want to, you, you just want to be out selling your mm, thing, right. doing, doing what you're good at, but running a business is, a big part of that is your bookkeeping. Mm. If you can't keep up with your bookkeeping on a regular basis, that means weekly or monthly at the least, you need to hire yourself a bookkeeper. They're not that expensive. They're worth their weight in gold. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, this is another topic that <laughs> within the taxes, again, Taxes are so encompassing with so many different changes and variables year after year, depending on the president, et cetera, that is hard to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. So when you think about this, this is one new thing over the last three years, which is the health care. Okay, with the health care act on and the impact on business owners, obviously when it happened, I don't think anybody was totally excited. But within that health care, now this part now that is law. There's been penalties year after year since over the last three years. So talk to us about the evolution over those penalties. Okay, well, when, when the ACA first came into being in 2014, your tax penalty for not having health insurance was $95. And a lot of people looked at that and said, it's $95, that's a lot cheaper than healthcare. For 2015, the year we just completed, for a family of four, the penalty has gone up to $975. Mm. But for 2016, the year we're in right now, it has gone up to 2.5% of your gross income or 2,085, whichever is highest. Wow. So at that rate, you may as well go out and get some insurance. Yeah. And obviously we can't tell the future because um, we don't know because we're in an election year. Do you anticipate if this stays the same, do you anticipate that it's going to continue to increase or do you think it's going to level out this 2000? Oh, no doubt it'll in increase. It'll, it'll probably increase. at least double. Hmm. So, so think about that when you're getting ready to, to uh, yeah, vote. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So then leave us with some final thoughts. Obviously, Everything that you said is very applicable. Again, you answered a lot of questions that happened within the marketplace, but what are some other golden nuggets that we should take with us? Okay, well, I've got three. Okay. One, the IRS is never going to call or email. If you get a phone call from the IRS, hang up, do not respond, don't do anything, just hang up. It's not them, it is a scam. The IRS is going to send you a letter if you don't respond, they will send you a, a certified letter. They, if you don't respond, they may clean out your bank account, but they're not going to call you on the phone. Uh, then the second thing is you are responsible for your tax return, not your accountant. And because your accountant is only as good as the information you give her. If you have any questions or need clarification on the rules, Call your accountant because that's what, that's what your accountant is there for, is to help you to get the best tax return you possibly can. 
And then the, the yeah, the fourth one, <laughs> the third one, um, file your taxes. I know that you think you owe money and you don't want to file because and it's embarrassing, but you can't hide from the IRS anymore. The IRS has access to all of your finances. The IRS has access to your bank accounts, your credit cards, your investments, your home. The IRS can take your money mm. and you can't hide from the IRS anymore. So go ahead and file your taxes even if you know you can't pay it because the penalties for not filing are a whole lot higher than just the interest and you're gonna pay the interest regardless. Got it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I have some final thoughts for you guys as business owners. You know, I imagine and I know all the feelings when it comes to taxes is something that's tedious. We don't want to deal with it overall. But there's so much brain damage from not filing taxes. Okay. There's, al there's also that brain damage that we don't really consider is when we're making moves. Let's say this year and next year is probably one of your best years you've ever had in your business. And then all of a sudden you go in to do a lease or you want to purchase a building. Then they ask you, okay, well, we need to see your past three years of tax returns, the past two years of tax returns. And if those aren't filed, then lo and behold, now every, all your progress from all your great efforts has been held up from, this ta from, from taxes. So above all else, again, it, I know it's brain damage, but make sure that this is kind of a normal, not even kind of, this is a normal business function that can really stop or propel you into the future. So let's make sure that we do everything that we can as business owners to help us propel and move forward and keep on, um, keep on moving. So other than that, I want to invite everybody to our Facebook page under Executive Talk, our Instagram page, Executive, Executive Talk, YouTube, Twitter, and also LinkedIn. But in the meantime, I want to thank all, everybody here in the studio audience for joining us today. Also, those who are viewing us right now and also those who are watching later. But in the meantime, Darcy and I, we have to get back to work. So thank you very much. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Appreciate having you.